0: an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Got some good stuff for you this morning that may make you mad, (laughs) but how many know sometimes we need to be made mad so we understand what the heck's happening? So take your Bible this morning, go to Colossians chapter one. Okay, Colossians, are you there? All right, chapter 1, look at verse 16, talking about Jesus. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, the visible and the invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things do what? Now, notice this is a very revealing scripture to us here because basically it talks about two realms. It talks about the visible realm and it also talks about the invisible realm. We have found out from previous teachings that God's simple strategy has been to rule this visible world and to rule this visible world basically by an invisible world called heaven. In other words, God's plan was to rule earth from heaven itself. That's his original plan to rule the visible from the invisible. Say, God desired to rule the visible realm from the invisible realm. Now, who did He create to do that? He created man. But how was man supposed to rule earth from heaven? How was He supposed to rule the visible from the invisible? Well, God, who is invisible, took His invisible spirit and wanted to put His invisible spirit in the invisible spirit of man, who then was placed in a physical body to be here on earth so that He could rule the visible earth. Are you following me? That's God's plan. He got man righteous again with him so he could take his invisible spirit, put it into you, say, I am a spirit, I I have a soul, soul, and I live in this physical body. So you're a spirit being. God takes his Holy Ghost, puts him on the inside of you as a spirit being, and now since you're in a physical body, you have contact with this natural realm so that you can rule the natural realm. God never wanted to come to here and rule this realm. He wanted to do it through man, through his spirit, in our spirit to do it. Now, if that's true, then you've got to stay in touch See, this is why you can't get off in the natural realm and get offended and get worried and get in unforgiveness and all this stuff. If you're gonna get communication from the homeland on how you should run things down here, you've gotta be connected to the homeland. You cannot let your, your cell phone battery run out so you can't receive the text messages that you should be getting from heaven, the phone calls you should be getting from heaven. So we stay connected as spiritual beings basically with the Spirit of God and the Spirit realm and the Spirit of God who's on the inside of us, and God instructs us inside out, say inside out. Inside out. Notice what the Bible says he tells you never to work, he says you work out your salvation. Why? Well, your salvation must be in you in order to work it but everybody else is trying to work things in the natural realm. But everything you get is spiritual. That's why you need to pray in tongues. That's why you need to be under the word consistently. That's why you need to be here for for different things and grow up in the things of God so that you can communicate with heaven to know how to run things down here on the earth because you are the physical body who's going to do that. Praise God. Hallelujah. How many know you can understand God's will? You can understand direction from God. How many of you know God has spoken to you already on the inside? How many of you know sometimes you've done what He told you to do? How many times do you know you may have not done what He told you to do? But after you did it and didn't do it wrong, and you find out that He did really talk to you, you just made a boo boo. Yes. Come on. How many of you know He knows more than you? Yes. Praise God. You better know that before we even get started here. Praise God. All right. Look what it says again. For by Him were all things created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether it be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by Him, and what? And what? And And what? So all things He created were? And? For Him. him. Say, for Him. him. Now, I'm going to change your way of thinking right here. This is something God really dealt with me on. Basically, Christianity has taught you in a way that God was created for you. Lord, Lord take care of my mortgage, Lord, give me power, Lord, help my kids, Lord, do this, Lord, do that. What's God for? To take care of all your problems, to take care of all your needs, to take care of your financial stuff, to take care of, but notice, God was not created for you, right. you were created for now, how many of you know this changes everything because it totally changed my prayer life? Because I'm praying for, Oh Lord, meet my mortgage this month. I'm believing you for a new car. I'm believing you for all. That. Come on, I got enough faith. I want to get all this stuff, and that's the way we were taught to believe. But if I was created for Him, then I should be more interested in what He wants from me. Yeah. Yeah. Come on now, then what I want from Him? But I was all gimme, 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 help me, gimme, 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 gimme. gimme. So all wants my prayer life changed. My prayer is, What's Your will for me today? What do you want me to do today? What is your plan for me today? And I found out if I did that, it changed me from me thinking and natural thinking to kingdom thinking. And when I started praying in line with the kingdom of God, guess what happened? All these things started to be added on to me, and I wasn't even praying for them anymore. Why? Because I put him first. Are you listening this morning? Come on. You were created for him you were created for him so my prayer is what do you want God what do you need me to do what do you want me to do where do you want me to go who do you want me to minister who do you want me my prayer life's no longer oh I need this oh I need a new car oh I need that I'm telling you if you just switch over to this kind of thinking everything that you've been praying for struggling for trying to get enough faith for trying to get mad at God because you ain't getting those things all at once they're going to start coming to you and they're going to come to you supernaturally praise God and here's the problem when you pray and want God to do something for you you're too busy trying to figure out how God's going to do it Sometimes I even pray to ask God for my mortgage and told him how to get it. Um. Come on now. Lord, Lord, I need $50, and I know i got a rich uncle, Lord, so if you would just talk to him. Oh, you want me to talk to him? Okay, well, I'll do that, Lord. I'll give him a call, and I'll tell him that I need $50. Rich uncle, I need... Fi- I'm gonna die. Oh, I got $50. God answered my prayer. No, you answered your prayer. And you did it through manipulation. Yeah. See? So my prayer totally changed. In, in Colossians words, there's a prayer in here that's really good. This word tells you to want the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. You may be fruitful in every good work. See, these are the prayers that were prayed in the Bible. They weren't prayers of, you never see Jesus saying, oh Lord, I've got 5,000 people here. I've only got five fish. Would you please, if I have enough faith, bring me some fish? No, he was just walking in the kingdom of God. He said, what do you got? All right, give it to me. I'm gonna sow it. And once I sow it, I'm gonna reap. Thank God for it. Start passing the thing out. Praise God. Everybody, five thousand. You know how many people that is? That's a lot. That's a lot. If we had a if we had God move in a powerful way and five thousand came here next Sunday morning, we'd be in trouble. (laughs) See? It's a lot of people. But notice Jesus was never praying for his his finances. He was never praying for protection. He was never praying for these things. He was simply seeking first the and all these things were So notice, you were created for God, not God created for you. All right, Revelations chapter 4. I think we could quit right now probably. And you guys be thinking on that for the rest of the day. That's right. Yes, sir. Revelations chapter 4. Look at verse 11, it says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created how many things? All things, and for thy pleasure they are, and they were what? Created. So here it tells you that God has created how many things? So we know that he created the invisible realm of heaven, and he created the visible realm here on earth. There's basically a territory. So God has a territory. His territory is heaven. It's his domain. Say Heaven is God's domain. Now notice, in order to be a king, you have to have something to rule over. You can't be even president of nothing, prime minister of nothing. In order to be a king, you have to be king over something. Are you following me? So he created the heavens and he became king over a domain, which gave him a king domain or a kingdom. So his kingdom basically was in heaven. We used to sing a song here that said, Before the world was made, before he spoke it into being, you were the king of kings. No, you weren't. So he'd singing that song, but he couldn't have been king. He had nothing to be king over, and he couldn't have been king of kings because he hadn't created the kings under the kings yet. So you know, a lot of songs and stuff don't understand the kingdom of God whatsoever. He became king when he created something to rule over. So then he made man a king, and he gave him a domain. What was his domain? Earth. So earth domain. King, earth domain. So man has a kingdom on the earth in the visible realm, and God has a kingdom in the? invisible, or the spiritual realm, basically. So that's what a kingdom is all about, basically. Now, in order for God to do anything in the earth realm, he needs someone who's in authority down here to get it done. So he needs man. Say, he needs man. man. He's not going to come down here and do it. That would be against himself. He already designated, let man have dominion. So man has dominion on the earth. And in order for him to to defy that would be defying his own word. He said, let them have dominion. So man has dominion. Say, man Man. has dominion. In the visible realm. So man is the key to everything on earth. Or let me simplify it. You are the key to everything that happens here on the earth because you are a physical being on the earth with dominion here. That means not only does God want to rule from heaven to here, but someone else wants mankind so he can rule on the earth. And who would that be? It's Satan, but now you look in the Bible, you never see Satan called a king, you know why? He ain't got no territory. You don't see him as a ruler, you know why? He's got no legal right to rule anything in your life. If he's ruling your health, if he's ruling your finances, he's doing it illegally. He has no authority and no power here for anything, praise God. Absolutely nothing, he's not a king. So the battle is over you. Now, that makes you important. Important. Well, I'm just going to live to be 25, get married, have a couple kids, get a job, retire at 55, call it a life. No, there's a bigger purpose and a bigger plan for you being here right now, bigger than that stuff. That stuff's good, but God has a plan for you to use you in a certain way by the Spirit of God getting direction from the invisible realm into into your spirit so that you know what He's doing at all times. That's why the more you pursue God, the more you find out His will. The more you find out his will, the more you're fulfilling your purpose. The more you're fulfilling his purpose, the happier you are because you're doing what you're supposed to do. There's a lot of people in the world right now working at a job that they don't belong in. And let me tell you, they are miserable. And ever ever worked with any of them people? Oh my God, they could could squash you if you're not careful, praise God. Nothing can be, done. every day, every day, for 30 years. How would you like to live 30 years of your life like that, for God's sakes, in a job that you don't even belong in, in a job you don't even like, but you're in it for the, not for the will of God, you're in it for the, the mullah, see, why are they unhappy? Because they're not where they're supposed to be, praise God, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So when you find God's purpose for your life and you start walking in it, it won't make any difference how much money you have before you start the journey, it won't matter your ability before you start the journey, because you have supernatural ability in you to do whatever God tells you to. That's why you got to trust him instead of. Are you following? Well, I can't do that. You're right. Probably can't. If it was God, you're probably right. You can't do that, but you have to learn to trust the anointing or what he's given you on the inside in order to carry out your purpose. Everything God does, it doesn't come from earth. You can do any earthy thing and get away with it, and it'll succeed or not, but when it comes from heaven, it's beyond your normal capabilities to do that, and it's the Spirit of God in you that communicates with you, tells you what step to take, tells you what to do, so that you can rule on the earth, praise God, you, you've got dominion down here, praise God, it's your kingdom, and your ruling, and your reigning, hallelujah, I right, go to Psalm 8. All right, Psalm chapter 8, look at verse 3. When I consider thy heavens and the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou has ordained, what is man that thou shalt be mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visiteth him? Thou hast made him a little lower than God, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. We already covered that angel's thing. It is Elohim, and the word for Elohim is God. 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 Hallelujah. For thou hast made him a little lower than God, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have what? To have what? Dominion. Made him, why did he make him? Dominion. He wanted him to have what? Dominion. He wanted him to operate in, dominion. is that why he made man? Yeah. All right, then, then your number one thing to seek in the kingdom of God for you is to learn how to operate in the dominion that you've been given. Would you agree with that? Notice it don't say, and God created you to worship. God created you to preach. God created you to dance. No, he created you to what? Yeah. Have dominion. Say Dominion. So dominion is the biggest thing in your life. Now, if God's going to ask you to do something, He always equips you to do whatever He calls you to do. So if He created mankind to have dominion, how many of you know that He gave mankind dominion in order to operate in what they're supposed to operate in dominion? So that dominion spirit, if you want to call it that, is already on the inside of every human being who's born into the earth. They were born with dominion, just like in Genesis. If you remember back, uh, back when we went into Iraq and the Saddam Hussein, basically, Here's the of alone. got taken down, and the definition of alone we'll cover a little bit later, praise God, this morning, but that's good, praise God. But. So when they pulled the statue down, if you remember, there was things all over the TV where they're dancing in the streets, and they're pulling his statue down, and they're jumping up and down. Why is that? Because people were oppressed that had dominion all those years and they were so glad to be out from underneath the dominion of another person because they're dominion people that basically they were finally being set free to do whatever they wanted to do and that dominion spirit could come out of there and they could make some choices for the change and they could do things. Now, every one of us have a dominion spirit. Say, I have a dominion spirit on the inside of me. Now, that dominion spirit is there to rule everything on the earth but other people. So, do you have dominion over plants? We do, don't we? But yet there's cocoa leaves. (laughs) Come on, there's other kind of leaves. There's grape juice controlling Christians' lives even though they have authority over those things. Are you following? They've got dominion over those things, but yet a plant is ruling them. I mean, I don't care how often you go to the gym and you may walk around like this When you get out of there, and you may have big muscles, but praise God, if every time you go to your office, then you got to reach down on your desk and get that little bottle out to make it through the day, you're in bondage. See, we've got authority over things in our life. Feelings and emotions should never be ruling you. You should be ruling them because you have authority over those things. How many know feelings and emotions? Do rise up every now and then. And when they rise up, what are you supposed to do? Praise God. You're supposed to take authority over that offense feeling, that unforgiveness feeling, that emotion that's coming, that attitude that's coming, and take, take authority. You've got authority to do that stuff. Now, we've been taught you just got to go with the flow in case, sera, sera. whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. If somebody hurts you, get mad at them, tell everybody about it, and split the church and do everything else. But it's not that way. You have authority. Say, I have authority. I have authority. And now watch this. You have meetings in the natural, and they're all right, but you have like the meetings where people go who drink and they're called Alcoholics al- Anonymous. So you get up there, and the first thing they're supposed to say is, Hi, I'm Tom, I'm a... So you now already confess that something has authority over you, even though it doesn't have authority over you. What are you? I'm a drug addict. Well, then you're saying drugs are ruling over your life Come on, when they shouldn't be ruling over your life, because you're a king over drugs, you're a king over alcohol, you're a king over feelings, you're a king over emotions, you got king over those things, yet we continue time and time again to submit to these things, praise God, that shouldn't be there. I'll tell you one thing, ruling over the church more than anything, you say, well, I don't drink, I don't care, and I don't do drugs, and I don't do anything." these things, so he's not talking to me, money. Oh, now he's talking to me. See, money rules over most Christians. That's where our problem is, basically, because we don't know how to handle the money that's been already given to us. So money's there. People say, well, I couldn't come to church on Sunday. It was raining, and I didn't want to go out in the rain, but it poured on Monday, and you made it to your job. No problem whatsoever. Got there right at 8 o'clock, praise God. Worked your full day, came back in the rain, and no problem there. But church on Sunday, couldn't quite make it. That rain was coming down, praise God. I didn't want to get my hair wet. See, and you read in the Bible, and when the Holy Ghost came, one of the first things that they did was they sold everything they had. That's right, and they brought it in. Why? Because money was no longer ruling them. They were finally starting to take control of the money on the inside. That's what tithing is. Yeah. People say, well, I've got to give God 10%. He don't need your 10%. He owns everything. Why would he need your 10%? That 10% you're giving is for you to teach you how to learn how to give to God and operate in kingdom finances so that you can prosper in every single area of your life. That's what it's about. Well, i got to give God 10%. And how many know God owns all things? Say, God owns all things. So if I get a $1,000 check on Friday, how much of that does he own? If I take 10% out and I give it to him, is that his? And the other 90% belongs to who? So how's he getting any? How how's he getting any benefit out of it when it was already his? Yeah. I got to give God my ten percent. You ain't even got ten percent, brother. Right. See. So what's he teaching you? He's teaching you first of all how to give ten percent. That's a starting ground for you to learn how to manage money, to manage things in your life, to manage especially finances. And then the other ninety percent is the real problem. See, the 10% basically is a problem because most Christians don't tithe. But even the ones that do tithe, their problem is not that they're not tithing or tithing. Their problem is the other 90%. Because they're using that 90% without God's permission. They're wasting it. They're not using it the way they should. They're spending it on things. They've got 42 things. They've got this, they've got that, and they've got to buy another one, and they've got to have another one. Then they're in debt, and they've got to have this, and they've got to have that. Mismanagement will get you nowhere in the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is all about managing things. It's what it's all about. The whole thing. Go to Genesis chapter chapter two. I feel a sidetrack coming on. Uh, Genesis, did you find it? Chapter 2, look at verse, uh, let's look at verse 5. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew multiplied or produced, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, because there was not a man to... So Here's God. God creates all this stuff. He creates plants. He creates everything on the earth. It's a beautiful place to be. It's there. Everything God created was good. Everything is good, but notice now it never grew. Whatever he did never multiplied. Whatever he had there never increased, never went anywhere. First of all, it didn't go there because God did not cause it to what? Rain. Now notice, who's stopping the growth here? God, because God would not allow it to rain. Why wouldn't he let it to rain? Why wouldn't he let it rain? Because there wasn't a man come on now, there wasn't a man to till the ground or to manage the ground. As long as you're not going to manage things right, there's going to be no growth multiplication in your life in those areas of your life. Your marriage is not going to prosper. Your kids are not going to prosper. Your finances aren't going to prosper. Your health isn't going to prosper. None of those things until you become a good manager, say a good manager, hallelujah, of everything that you have. The problems in the church, I'll tell you financially, have nothing to do with you getting a second job. It's have you being stupid with the money you're getting from the first. And because of that, people are in debt. And I'll tell you, in-debt churches draw in-debt people. Yeah. Thank God we're not one. Amen. Amen. See, we're a prosperous church. There was, Mary, stand up. Yes, what happened this week? I got a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> 2500 <laughs> Now, I would say the rain has come and employed for one week full time. Now, how many of you know she wasn't praying for that? She wasn't expecting, she wasn't on her hands and knees crying and begging God to happen. She just continually seeks the kingdom and goes after the kingdom and all at once, there it is, praise God. See, some of you need to come out of the world's way of doing things. Just because you took out a mortgage at the age of 25 for 30 years don't mean you have to pay that mortgage for 30 years. Amen. You can get out of that mortgage a lot quicker simply by seeking the kingdom of God first and let God find ways into your life. Well, my check ain't enough. He goes beyond your check. He goes further than that, praise God. So management is the key here. In other words, there was not going to be any increase in the earth, whatever, until you learn how to manage. That means another lesson I learned. God never will give me what I pray for. He only gives me what I can manage. Lord, I'm a new Christian, I want a million dollars, I want a million dollars, it'll kill you if you get a million dollars the next day. Look at the guys, uh, you know, in football and all these places getting millions of dollars, they're out five years, they're broke, they're on skid row and they ain't got anything. Why is that? They don't know how to manage what they got. Can we go further this morning? Are you still happy with me? All right, praise God. Don't believe God for a bigger house if you can't even manage the little house you got. You can't even clean that one. Why would he give you a 4,200 square foot house? Come on now. With a car you drive, are you taking care of it? Well, it's a 2011 Toyota Camry. Yeah, but it's mine. And yes, I'll wash that thing. Yes, I'll clean that thing out. Yes, I'll do that. Why? Because I want to manage what God has given me and be happy with it. Is there another car on the way? Probably sooner or later. But I'm not looking for the car. I'm looking for the kingdom. Come on now. I'm not looking for things. I'm not pursuing things. I am ruling things. There's a difference between the two. So everything God gives me is for his pleasure and my pleasure, and I'm going to like it right where I'm at right now, but I'm not going to put my attention. I need this. I need that. I need this. I mean, we could go further. Go home today and look in your closet. Now it's going to get quiet, ain't it? I mean, if you've got 40 pairs of shoes in there, it's obvious to me that you might want to sew a pair someplace or do something with it. You can't wear them in the rest of your lifetime and that size four dress that you had when you were 18? I'm just being real today. That thing been hanging in there for 25 years because your expectation is to get back there and let me help you, you're not gonna do it. Thank you. You're welcome. What is that? So all this stuff's hanging in that closet, and there's other people out there with no clothes on. There's other people out there with no shoes. There's other people with nothing, and it's all in our closet and in my garage and every place else that I've got. What is that? Mismanagement. Managing is basically getting something from God, taking good care of it, and producing more out of that thing that you get and using it for His glory. You see? But we aren't taught that. Hang on to this. Hang on to that. Keep that. Keep this. Keep that. Keep. Th- That's not the way it works in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God deals... Totally with management. I'll tell you, if if I started a Bible college and a real strong one that that was validated, my first class would be management. I went to two different places. I got two different degrees. Nobody ever told me about managing anything. They just told me about the Word and to believe God and confess the Word and all that's good. But let me tell you, if you can't manage, and that's your purpose that you were put here, to begin with, way back in Genesis, then you've got to learn to manage whatever God gives you. So, if man gives you finances, you manage it. He gives you a house, you manage that house. If he gives you kids, you manage those kids. He gives you a marriage, you manage that. That's what you're here to do, basically, is to manage things in your life, praise God. And that's what you're called to do. That's what you were created to do. And the ability's there. That's why, if you're having trouble with something, go to someone who's successful in that area. Just a thought. Don't go to your friend who's $40,000 in debt and complain to them about your $20,000 debt. Because <laughs> I'll tell you what, the Bible tells you not even to pursue gold, not even pursue silver. It tells you to pursue wisdom and knowledge from God's mouth is more precious than gold and silver. Why is that? Because when you pursue that, gold and silver will come. Your priority is still in the right direction, and you'll use that finances for what you're supposed to use that finances for. And if you go after money, you'll never get it. It runs from you. Every time you go after, money should be working for you. You shouldn't be working for money. So God gives me a little bit of money. I do with what he tells me, and it comes back to me, praise God. And that's, that's what I do. Basically, your job is a giving thing. It's a using thing. But it's got to do with management. Say management. management. All right, go to Matthew 25. Matthew 25, verse 14, Jesus is speaking. He says, for the kingdom of heaven is as. So we know what he's talking about here, don't we? Talking about kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven principles. The kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. Notice, management deals with you managing someone else's stuff before you actually get your stuff. And if God owns everything, how many know everything that you got belongs to and you are basically managing his stuff while you're down here. I mean, you're not going to have your stuff forever. Someone else sooner or later is going to be living in our house because we're not going to be here anymore. So we're just renting it basically from God right now. Hallelujah. All right, look at it again. For the kingdom of heaven is a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one of them he gave five talents, to another two and to another one. To every man according to his individual ability and straightway took his journey. And he had received the five talents, the one went and traded with the same and made them five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckon unto him. So he received five talents came. He brought his other five talents. He said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained by, beside them, five talents more. The Lord said, "Well done, thou good and faithful servant, thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the." Joy. Now you know why a lot of people don't have joy. Verse 22, He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. The Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. See, all he needs is a few things. And I will make them ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that you were a hard man. You reaped where you did not sow and gathered when you had not strawed. I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there it is. I got it back for you. And his Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and lazy servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sow not and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to at least put my money in the exchangers and then at my coming I would have received my own with usury take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which has hallelujah for unto everyone that has shall be given and he shall have abundance but to him that did not shall be taken away even what he has now this is very interesting look at it here he comes he comes and gives these guys five talents he produces five the other talents he produces another he produces one and what did he do? he hid it where? hid it in the earth didn't he? Now, do you think that's good management? No, it's not, is not Notice they were managing other people's money. That's what they were doing. But I want you to notice verse 26. And his Lord answered and said unto him, Thou what? Wicked. Thou what? Wicked. Thou what? Wicked. Now, wicked to me, before I started understanding things, was sin. I mean, you're committing adultery, you're wicked. Uh, you shot somebody, you're wicked. But notice, he's calling someone wicked who simply mismanaged what was given him by God and he called that person what wicked Wicked. so you could possibly now listen you could possibly be a born-again spirit-filled Christian and still be wicked because you don't know how to manage kingdom wise the way you're supposed to manage things getting quieter and quieter in here it's getting quieter and quieter see see God 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 will bless you as long as you do the laws whether you're born again or not If you follow the laws of God and aren't even born again, you'll prosper in this world. It don't make any difference whatsoever because there are spiritual laws that that do it in the natural realm. It doesn't matter if you're born again and jump off a building or you're a sinner and jump off a building from 10 stories. Both of them are going to die. Do you see? God says, you know what happens? It rains on the bad and it also rains on the good. You just don't walk down and the good people are walking and the sun's out and the other people are getting dumped on. It doesn't work that way. The laws of God work for whoever will work those laws of God. So this guy here, it says he was what? He was wicked. Say he was wicked. Why was he wicked? Because he was not managing God's things the way that they should be managed. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, go to Proverbs. Let's see, I think it's Proverbs 13. It's a scripture I'm sure you know by heart. Faithful with little, you get much. Faithful not with little, you lose the little that you even got, and it goes to someone who has much. Now, in this world, they want to take from the much and give to the little. See, completely, everything in the world's opposite of the kingdom of God. No, it goes to somebody who can handle it. Why would God give it to somebody else who couldn't handle it? He knows what he's doing. All right, Proverbs 13. See if you ever heard the scripture, verse 22. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children, children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the... How many ever heard that scripture? My God, everybody who's ever been born again knows that scripture. They don't may not word that, but they know what it is. All right, if you study this out, it says the wealth of the sinner. Some translations even say the wealth of the wicked, wicked is laid up for the. Wicked. Now, just because we're born again and we're righteous, we think, "Ooh, it's coming! It's a coming! It's a coming! It's a coming!" And when those sinner boys are going to give it to me, they're going to give it to me. It's going to give it to me. But notice, it's the wealth of the wicked that comes to those who are just. Who's a just person? Someone who's in right alignment with God and managing their affairs the way they should be managing their affairs keeps them just. Some of the money I've got in my lifetime hasn't come from sinner boys. It's come from Christians who don't know how to manage their money. There are people who are operating operating wickedly and what are they gonna do? What happens if you operate wickedly? You lose what you got and it goes to somebody who knows what they're doing Are you following? We've always got this sinner, righteous. Born again, not born again. No, it's a spiritual law. You're either managing what you got the way you're supposed to. So we've been waiting for the wealth of the wicked to come to us for 2,000 years. It's a common. I heard it when I was 25. It's a common. 35. It's a common. It's a common. And everybody's still broke, still poor, still confessing it, still ain't got no money. But if you're going to operate the wickedly way where you can't manage your money the way you're supposed to, you're violating the law of the kingdom of God, and God can't get the money over to you. And probably you're losing the 90% that you don't tithe because you don't know how to manage it to begin with. And somebody else is getting that 90%. The credit card companies are getting a little bit here. Come on. The overpriced item that you had to have that day, they're getting a little bit here. The one that said dress, normally 400, now 200, that's worth about $20. And you said, "Woo! I'm going to save $200 on that dress. No, you didn't. You just got ripped off because you don't know how to manage what God has given you to manage. So your money just keeps coming in, going out, coming in, going out. Well God's not faithful. Sure. What's the matter with him? He, he's supposed to be blessing me. I said, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. Money cometh three times, and nothing happened in my life. See, it's got to do with management. If you're faithful with little, if you're faithful with little. See, we all want to start out with much. I could really get ugly here pretty soon. <laughs> see? All of us want much first. That's why we play the lottery. That's why we try to hit it big, but there's something about growing up and learning how to manage things and getting to that realm rather than just down here where you can't manage anything and you hit it big. Because when you hit it big, you're going to destroy you, your family, your kids, and probably everybody. Are you following me? And this is why, (laughs) this is why the church always needs a miracle, haven't handled, managed anything, haven't managed my marriage, haven't managed my stuff, but, oh, Lord, I need a miracle right now. I need a miracle, miracle. Miracles for lazy people. I knew you wouldn't like that. But it's the truth. If you're managing everything and you're managing it, you're going to continue to increase, you're going to continue to learn, and then when somebody's back here and they're struggling, they can come to you and say, how did you get there? And you don't say, I hit the lottery. I tell you, play the lottery a little more. How much are you putting in? Put another $100,000 in the lottery. That's the way I got there. No, you're learning how to manage money. You're learning how to do things. You're learning how to do all these things. You're growing into a place, and that's what God wants for us. He wants us to grow up as little children, come in and learn how to handle finances, how to handle our marriage, how to do this stuff. I mean, every marriage that falls apart was mismanaged somewhere along the line. Everybody that's stone broke is mismanaged somewhere along the line. You don't need a second, third job. You need how to manage the money that you've already been given through your job that's already there and let God, through the kingdom of God, bring more money into you. Praise God. That's the way it works. Hallelujah. All these things got to do with management. Say management. management. Say it again. Management. management. All right, one more. Go to Luke 16. Luke 16. There's a lot of churches of pastors out there who are called by God, anointed by God, but they don't know how to manage anything, and because of that, their churches have fallen apart. They can't manage the money that comes in. They can't manage the anointing when it's on them. They can't manage anything. When you don't know how to manage things, then things start to work for you. Otherwise, you're going to mismanage, and it doesn't matter if your call is to do something and you're going to continue to mismanage. You're not going to fulfill that call just because God called you to do that. All right, Luke 16. Look at verse 1. And he said also unto his disciples, there was a certain rich man which had a steward, and the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. Say mismanagement. Mismanagement. And he called him and said unto him, how is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest no longer be my steward. Then the steward said within himself, gosh, what should I do? For my Lord's going to take away from me the stewardship. I can't dig. I can't beg. I'll be ashamed. I am, resolved to, 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 I am resolved what to do, that what I am put out of the stewardship that I may receive of their houses. So he called every one of his lord's debtors unto him, and said to the first, How much owest thou unto my lord? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. And he said unto him, Take thy bill, sit down quickly, and write fifty. Then said he unto another, And how much owest thou? And he said, A hundred measures of wheat. And he said unto him, Take thy bill, and write fourscore. And the Lord commended the unjust servant. Now, I'll tell you what, if I was the Lord, just saying, I probably wouldn't have commended the unjust servant at all. I had something else for him, probably. And the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done, look, wisely, for the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of. And I say unto you, make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when you fail, they may receive unto you everlasting habitations. For he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much, and he that is unjust is unjust also in much. So here's this guy, the steward's mismanaging. According to this, he started to manage the guy's affairs wisely. What was he should have been doing before? He should have been, instead of hoarding his manager's stuff, be giving to other people to begin with. That's what he was managing the money for, but he wasn't doing that. So all at once, he's going to get fired because he's unjustly hoarding everything, mismanagement. So what happens? He says, well, I've got to make friends because when I get out of here, I'm going to have to have some people take care of me. So he starts doing what he should have been doing all along, what we should be doing all along, giving out, giving out, giving out, giving out. And watch what he says. He says, make friends with people of the world. Now, I thought as Christians, we avoid people of the world. We avoid them rotten, filthy, dirty sinner boys out there because it may rub off on us. We don't go to a bar, sure as heck, because you know you want to get in there. A spirit may jump on you. and You don't know what's going to happen, what's going to take place. But notice, he says that people in the world are smarter managing stuff than we are. And if you run into somebody who don't know God from an apple... But they're succeeding in finances. Become a friend of theirs, because he's going to teach you how to handle your money that you can handle. Even though he's not even born again, he's following the laws of the kingdom of God. He got there somehow, so he's going to be my buddy for a while. And I'm going to find out how he did this and how he did that and how he did this and how he did that, so I can learn to do it also. So I quit losing what I got. Instead, I'm getting what other people got in the world who don't know how to manage it. Simply because I'm learning how to manage. This shows you that that. People of the world sometimes in spiritual law are smarter. Uh See, just because you get born again don't make you a spiritual giant. I'm born again now. I know everything. How long have you been born again? Two days. (laughs) got it all now i've got every wisdom and every knowledge that you'd ever want i've got it already no you grow and you study and you learn and you give and you follow and you tithe and you do and in your marriage you love when you don't feel like it you hug her when she doesn't deserve a hug you do this that's what that's what it's all about it's a management you manage your kids not only when they're in your household when they grow up there's more management there see you spend time with them as a matter of fact it's almost easier because you can hit them and run See, you hit them in your household and make them mad at something they say, then they're going to be mad at you. But you can nail them and drive off, praise God. And by the next week when you show up, they're already over that. And you can start with something new, see. It's all part of it, praise God. But there's management all the time. There's management in this church. There's management of things to do. And And I tell you, I watch people. I'm a people watcher. So I watch people, basically, and doing these principles and stuff, and I can tell you right now, this man right over here will never, ever, ever have any kind of financial problem. Do you know why? Because he's a manager. We, we do praise and worship, and we're practicing up here on Wednesday night, and he's walking around singing with us, but I'll tell you, if he sees a piece of paper on the floor, yeah. he's picking it up. If a chair's just this much out of line that I can't even see, he straightens it up. If there's something over here, a water bottle, he goes over and he picks it. What is he? He's a manager. He's a manager. See, he's taken care of not only his own house, but he's taken care of. See, sometimes when we set up and we have tables in here and we do it for who's ever teaching, like Patrick here, and we do that, you, I pick up chairs and there's Kleenex and there's hair things and there's water bottles in there. I mean, learn to manage the spot. Just learn this, your own little spot. Learn to manage this, that. See, that's a start someplace, to managing things there. Another one, I'll tell you what, I'll throw one more, there's a bunch of them, but Ramona is a manager. My God, she's, she does things before I can even get it out of my mouth to tell her what to do half the time. She's just, she's like a radar. And anything that needs done, it doesn't matter what it is, it doesn't matter if it's humbling or, or priority, and she don't do it when everybody's here, she does it when everybody leaves, so what do I know about her? I know she knows how to manage things in her life. I can see management in her life. I can see she's grown. I'm not trying to blow these people up. I'm just telling you it works. This is how it works. These people do that, and they're looking, and they're taking care, and they're picking stuff up in there, and that's what it's all about. It's about management. It's your house, praise God. Manage your own home. Amen. Manage your thing. Manage your car. So what if the muffler fell off? Manage it doesn't matter. I used to have a Chevy Chevette in 1984. We moved down here. I'm telling you what, the thing that was up here came down and it was on your head when you drove. There was a hole in the floor on the right side here where water came up every time you drove through that thing. It had no air conditioning. The hatchback you put up and it come right back down and hit you in the head because the thing didn't work anymore. And I washed that baby and I cleaned that baby out and I drove that thing with dignity. Praise God. I knew I wasn't going to stay in that thing forever. Thank God. But I had to manage what I had at the time, no matter what it was like. And that management always, when you're faithful well, that, will lead to something else. We spend so much time believing God for all this stuff. Find out what he wants to do. Find out what he wants for a change. God, let me just change things around. What do you need today? I'm not going to hit you with the more. I'm not going to hit you with this. What do you need today? What would you like me to do today? I was created for you. So just tell me what to do today. Who to be nice to, who to do something to, who to do. Let's turn it around other than off ourselves all the time. Basically, if anything, that's more selfishness than anything. We see God as his bank up there and we want to suck anything out that we want to get. But I'll tell you what, it's reverse. Once you start being faithful with the call of God on your life and continue to manage the areas of your life, everything you ever needed is going to follow you and it's going to chase you down and you're going to be in a financial place. I'm going to redress that verse. What was it? Proverbs 13 show you one other thing he showed me that I'm really happy about. I didn't say that was my last statement. I said that was the last scripture we were going to. <laughs> Proverbs 13, 22, a good man leaveth an inheritance to who? Children. Now, that's a good man. Say a good man. Good man. Leaves an inheritance to who? His children's, children. children's children. Now watch. I've got children, but I don't have children's children yet. But I'm already looking through the kingdom to provide for my childrens, who aren't even here yet. See? So how am I going to do that? Am I going to hang on to my 1984 Chevette? And when they get born at 20 years from now and grow up for 20 years, I can give them my Chevette. That's the inheritance. Here you go. Praise God. Am I going to give them my clothes? No, because I don't know what they'll be wearing 25 years from now. So notice, inheritance to me, according to God, is real estate. It's real estate. What did he offer Moses? A land. What did he offer Abraham? A land. What did he offer everybody? Real estate. You know why it's real estate? Because it's the only real estate. So what do you got? You've acquired real estate, and you can pass that down not only to your children, but to your children's. The money you have might not be worth anything in 30 years. Who knows what it's going to be like? Your clothes aren't going to be any good. Your house and may fall down by then so it's real estate basically but notice we're supposed to be in a place where they're not worried about us oh god help me pay my mortgage help me do this you're not even looking past you much less your children or their children children. we're supposed to be in a position in the kingdom of god where we're so good and god's taking care of us so much that we can take care of our children and our children's children praise god before we get out of here but it all comes by management say management hallelujah all right jump up this morning that should give you something to think about for the rest of the week. Hallelujah. You're owner of nothing this morning. If You make Jesus Christ your Lord. Lord means owner. It's used in the American word landlord. Someone who owns something, praise God. So whatever you have done belong to you anyway. You need to find out how to manage your marriage better, how to manage your finances better, how to manage your kids married. God has the wisdom and knowledge to do that all over the word of God. The Holy Ghost will lead you and guide you in handling different situations and doing things. He's looking for good managers to give stuff to. You don't care if you got a million dollars as long as you didn't go after it. It'll follow you up, praise God. Hallelujah. Father, I just thank you for your word once again this morning. I thank you for the opportunity to manage. The stuff that you have here on the earth, Father, I thank you for the spirit of God on the inside of us. I thank you that we continue to stay in connection with you and heaven so that we can rule this earth the way you want it to be ruled. Father, we will not be in subject to anything like Paul said, you know, everything's good for me, but I'm not going to be in bondage to anything. So any bondages right now, I pray that by the Spirit of God, you bring to their mind right now something that they got to have, just got to have it, can't do without it. Deliverance from that right now in the name of Jesus, that the authority would be taken over, whether it be smoking, whether it be drinking, whether it be whatever it may be. No more rule your life in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, that we step up now in a king mentality, a queen mentality, a rulership mentality. And we thank you for total freedom in every single area of our lives, praise God. And I thank you for the financial blessings that you're following your word with signs and wonders in this place. And I give you praise and glory for what you're doing in this week that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. 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 All right. dynamic words go to mytcbc.com you can also find us on facebook and youtube so remember to seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you